Alright, so here we go. Mr. Ani Sanyal. What's up? What's up? Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming in to Nickish Podcast. Thank you for this whole production. <laughs> this is the first time we're ever doing a live production. So the listeners actually have never seen my face unless they knew me. So oh, no way. This is like my uh, my outcoming of, of how I look. So they've only heard the voice, now they see the face. How do you feel about that? It's uh, it's a little overwhelming, a little scary. Uh, it's going to be all over social media, so okay. it's going to be a, a little... It's gonna be a little scary, but I'm very excited to do that. So, well, I'm I'm excited to be the first, the first of many. Hopefully, <laughs> it's a pleasure to have you. So, uh, first things first, you guys have, or you personally have a big thing going on right now. These past few days, I follow you heavily on social media, especially Instagram and uh-huh. even Twitter. So, Kolkata Chai. Yeah. I'm very excited about that. So, thank you. You and your brother both co-founded uh, mm-hmm. the brand and the company, and you guys are starting a brick and mortar. So, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, before I say anything on Coco the Chai, that's my brother's baby. So that was yeah. his idea originally, and uh, obviously, you know, we do a lot of things together. Um, we're in a super exciting time, man. We've spent the last 18 months doing pop-ups, building the brand out, learning, traveling, and studying, you know, what this market could look like for Chai in New York. And we decided to take the leap. Um, and we've been in construction and build out since like March. So we, mo- both Ian and I are in this very excited, anxious, tricky, back against the wall, you know, moment. And we're finally getting to the finish line. So I'm super excited. You know, it's this thing where we have no idea what these next yeah. X amount of months and years of our lives are going to look like with this. Um, I think young people nowadays we're super used to building like digital businesses right which don't have any type of footprint right but once you sign a five-year commercial lease you know life changes a little bit so yeah. i'm excited um i think chai is is more than just a drink you know for south asian people i think it really resembles symbolizes family and connection and connectivity and so you know we're we're gonna put our money where our mouth is and, and see how that goes absolutely i can definitely appreciate that my father was actually a tea garden owner no uh way. in bangladesh uh we're from Silat yep. in bangladesh and they're known for their tea garden so he was a manager for it so yeah, wow. tea making chai kind of runs in my blood That's uh awesome. <laughs> try and make a cup a day but i'm That's not too awesome. good at my parents are great at it did you get your dad on the podcast yet uh not yet not yeah, yet his yeah. english needs some improvement student in bangla bro that'd be fire <laughs> Um, so you guys really are on the authenticity of the chai. So what's really the differentiating thing? I heard a rumor that your brother actually goes to India and tries to, you know, even look for the leaves over there. Is that yeah, true? Yeah, hundred percent true. Yeah. How often does he try to go? Uh, so we have been going to India as frequently as possible our entire lives. Obviously, it's it's really difficult with like affording a plane ticket, but yeah. that's just something our family like ingrained in us early on was like always going home and, and having that connection. And so um, we're just like used to that. So I could hop off the plane in Kolkata and know how to get home or to my grandparents' house and be good. Like, you know, it's second nature. So he's been going specifically for trips related to chai for the past probably two years. Um, mm-hmm. He was just there in December. He went to Darjeeling, 
went to all the gardens and he's a very I call him a mad scientist. Yeah. So Ian's like always in the weeds, literally like very, very like deep. Right. And I'm I'm kind of the person who has to pull his head out of the ground and be like, All right, well now what are we doing about it? So, uh yeah, man, he, he spent like four or five weeks out there in December. Wow. And I think that trip really crystallized a lot of things for him and for us to say, Okay, We've built relationships now. We've we've done the research. We're on the ground. I think it makes you know more sense than ever to to roll some now. So how do you know which leaf is the right leaf? I don't know. Right. I don't know anything, bro. It's the craziest thing. I am people who know me in my life know that my eating and and drinking habits are yeah. very poor. Right. I make no time for it. Um, and, and Ian is really the food person, you know, between us. But what I do know is how to tell a story, and, and I do know how to. Um, honor the things that we grew up with you know mm-hmm. and, and how to how to make that like something that can create more connections and, and like i said connectivity for young people so you know ian really like put me on the game he was like nah this is this chai this is this tea this is this leaf you know first flush second flush all these different things i'm learning from him yeah so i think for me representing south asians in an authentic way is where i come in mm-hmm. um and, and ian's the, the product guy to the core so where 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 exactly is going to be the location of the brick and mortar? What time? When is this coming out? Because we still have um, that for a reason. Hopefully in a few days. Okay. Uh, depending on per- again, this is the first time we're doing videos, so got it. I gotta I gotta learn how to video edit. So you know, best case scenario, Monday, Tuesday. Okay, in that case, I can't reveal location. We're gonna be in the East Village. Okay. Um, we're gonna do an opening night. We're about like ten to fourteen days. Away. By NYU. Uh, close enough. Yeah, very yeah. close. Nice. Um, and we'll once you know once that's public, it'll be public. But awesome. yeah, looking forward. We're, to we're it. in that area. So what what particular flavor of chai is your your, your favorite? Because you guys are doing a little yeah. bit of a of a mix of you know local flavors and the chai flavors from Calcutta. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. any particular it, ones? I keep it pretty traditional, man. I'm a whole milk masala chai type of guy. Yeah. Um, our oat milk is really good. Like our oat milk chai is really good. And I uh, invented a cold brew chai, which has been one of our biggest uh, success stories so far. Yeah. But I keep things really classic with the with the whole milk. That cold brew chai is gonna keep it going for the day, right? That it that it is. <laughs> that it is. Uh, okay, so along with uh, Kolkata Chai, you're also CEO of uh, Green Room Creative and Idea Exchange. So, mm-hmm. um, at what point did you really want to get this started? What what made you really want to do that? I understand you're you're an investor, you're into real estate mm-hmm, as well. So. Mm-hmm. At what point were you like, this is this is kind of, I want to hear out other people's ideas and see what I can do to help them develop it. So yeah. at what point were you like, I'm ready to make this stuff? That's a great question. Because it's, it's a great initiative. It's really going to help out a lot of small businesses. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think, so Idea Exchange has been about three years now in the running. Uh-huh. And it just came from a need, uh, a need in the market. Like us as creative people, as creative entrepreneurs, we had nowhere to go. And I think instead of complaining about it, you know, instead of like, down with the man type of sentiments. We were just like, why don't we create it for ourselves? So um, the idea probably came in the early days of of building out GRC. I think when you build a business for the first time and you don't have any legacy in that field or whatever, it's you're learning everything on the ground, you know, and you're making mistakes and you're going through it live. And Ayn and I went through that. And I don't talk about this a lot, but like Ayn and I fought a ton for the first couple of years because it was just like, how do you, maintain your your relationship as as family but you're always doing business and signals are getting crossed and and we just like we went through it you know Mm -hmm. we we don't have we didn't have the money to go hire an executive coach or do business therapy it was just like be you have to figure it out right so i think out of that and just you know connecting with more people and and figuring out that 
we were good enough where we could start paying it forward, and I think that that's kind of how it all came together. And you try to have workshops, I believe, once or twice a month. We do it monthly. Yeah, monthly, yeah. We right. do it monthly in Manhattan uh, for about the last year and a half or so. Mm -hmm. So it's been uh, consistency is a huge thing, man, for for everybody. I think even with that day exchange, it was something that we really loved to do, and it would just be inconsistent. Mm -hmm. And there's no community without consistency. So, so do you try to listen to the ideas and based off that you try to decide which one is worth investing in at that moment in time? Or so we do a lot of. It's more of like workshops for people to build out their own ideas. Uh -huh. um, we haven't actively taken investment positions in any ideas yet. We want people to use it as a resource and a space where they can get the answers to the questions they need. Right. Meet people who can help them kind of progress on their journey. And we are rolling out an investment portion of that. But, yeah, man, it's really like how do you workshop your idea to the point where it works? You know, like mm -hmm. 10 years ago, I wish I could show up somewhere and be like, okay, here are my issues. Here's what I need help with and have somebody give me tangible feedback. So that's kind of where we look to do it. Right. So actually, a lot of our listeners are college students and high school students, mm -hmm. and a lot of them uh, are friends with me. And they see that I'm starting this podcast, and they see other people doing their you know what they're interested in and sure. they have that idealistic mindset or just that entrepreneurial mindset so let's say for example there's somebody who doesn't really have the capital of the market right now to and also i'm not a financial expert or anything mm -hmm. remotely close to that um how would you recommend somebody who really truly just doesn't have the capital at that at this point in time and they're just trying to build them and try to get their name out there and just you know they, they may have a great idea obviously great just having a great idea isn't enough you have to yeah. work for it but let's say they don't have the capital of the marketing right now how would you recommend they they go about it at this point so i think the one thing that i don't subscribe to is like having money be an excuse for not being able to do something mm -hmm. i've never had money in my life to be able to throw around at things but i've always found a way right and i think that's that's really key if, if you the convenient excuse is well i don't have money to do it or i can't raise money to do it um and i think that that's just a very like that's an easy way out you know so I think that young people especially like if you can't do it yourself partner with somebody who can right or figure that out or raise the money from family and friends so I don't have any family and friends who raise the money outside of that you know like if you're doing something that's undeniably good or if your idea is attracting the right attention you're gonna see inbound that's just how it works you mm -hmm. know I think one thing with Coca the Child which has been kind of mind-boggling for Ayn and I is like what we call product market fit, like the, the concept of product market fit. When you have a product that the market is ready for, it's very easy to see that come together. Right. You know, so for all young investors and young innovators, if you have a product that people are like, oh my God, how do I help you? Or I want to sign up or I want to do these things, it'll be very instinctual. Like you'll get it. And once you do that, you have the ability to raise money. You have the mm -hmm. ability to partner with people. If you need a you know, you need a, a technical developer, like instead of paying someone $80,000 a year or whatever you need to do, partner with someone, you right. know, to do that. So I think it's just about finding a way, you know, tangible things I can always talk about, but it's just having that hunger to be like, I'm going to figure this out. So before I, before today, I was talking to a lot of people that like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have an episode with Ani Hustle. So, yeah. um, you know, for a few of my friends were like, oh, you know, let's, how, how they, they had a question for me to ask to you and sure. they were just like, you know, how would you capitalize on the assets that you that you're working with? You know, the, I have friends who have to work two shifts because they have immigrant parents who mm -hmm. just aren't able to afford rent. Sure. And they're you know working day, sometimes even night, 12, 13, 14 hours a day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, any recommendations for for those friends of mine who are wondering like how yeah. how can they make the time to really truly capitalize on their situations? Yeah, I think that you know 
there's this concept of desire you know like if you have the desire and if it's burning inside of you and just like eating you up Mm -hmm. again you will find a way and i used to be that kid so i used to you know live in this illegal apartment in in borough park brooklyn with rats and no working stove and when you sat on the toilet your knees hit the wall like oh this was before gentrification all Definitely. of that all <laughs> of that way before i mean this is i was a student like trying to figure i had like my rent was like 250 dollars a month wow yeah so i've been through every imaginable high and low you know when it comes to kind of figuring this out and so i can relate you know to those people and to those questions um but it's i don't have any ten, it's just desire you got to want it that bad if you work in two shifts bet you got you might have to work the third one is on your own idea mm-hmm. you know i spent three years of my life getting four hours of sleep a night because i was in a similar position and i don't i'm not advocating for like team no sleep yeah but i am advocating for like having a burning desire and being right. like you know what i'm just gonna figure this out absolutely um and i think that the other thing too is like playing to your strengths you know a lot of people might be in like what they call dead-end jobs or doing something that they hate just because they think that that's the only way out Sometimes you get paid more for doing the things that you really love doing because it's just obvious, you know? So, like, if you, you know, I don't know, instead of bagging groceries, like, maybe you take a step and go be an audio engineer somewhere or, like, do that thing that you're passionate about and you might take a couple months of, you know, breaking even or getting by, but eventually that upside is going to be there. Right. So I think it's just, like, optimizing your own time but also having a desire to just cut through whatever gets in your way. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, weekends is a great time. Uh, I work on this podcast, not my full time yeah, job, go, but bro. I don't yeah. go out. Like my friends, you know, like Anik and everybody are clown me. Like, yo, Ani always goes home <laughs> after the party. Yeah, I'm going home because I got 16 million things to work on. Yeah, you know, like I, this morning I was in Newark, figuring things out with tenants, and I was on a construction site, and my parents are in town, and took them to brunch, and then I made it here. Like, it's my Saturday. You feel me? Like, mm-hmm. I haven't been home all week. I got home at four in the morning last night. Like things happen, but. You gotta have that desire to make it work. How many different states is Ani Sanyal's name in right now? How many different what? How many different states is Ani Sanyal's name in right oh, now? Oh man, I don't, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> I hear Newark. I heard Philly. I'm in a couple places. Yeah, yeah I'm in a couple <laughs> places. Um, I think diversification is super important. Yeah. You know, I think that we can get into that. But as an investor, like, the minute you start getting lazy, you're getting comfortable and and not paying attention to what's happening next. That's when things get get scary. Absolutely. So, uh, you know. When I first reached out to you, it was regarding crossover in uh-huh. India. So yep. uh, I saw one of your stories, and you became a board member of Crossover India's program where they were starting basketball academies in India. So mm-hmm. you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, Crossover, wow. Um, first of all, shout out to Sean. Sean is the CEO of Crossover, an amazing guy. He reached out to me a couple months ago, and we've just been you know, kind of like building a relationship and understanding. How do I say... Um, how do I, I mean, so on, on surface, what Crossover does is that they work with kids in India to basically build leadership skills, education skills, and basketball skills mm-hmm. um, as a way to tear down other things that people deal with. So you have like low matriculation rates in India, you have like poor school attendance, and a lot of these things are because of habits, you know, that are in these families or just due to these circumstances that people have to deal with. And I think that sports is a really interesting way to bring people together mm-hmm. you know and and in india a lot of times survival becomes such an important thing that you're not thinking about anything else you right. know and and i've seen it firsthand and it's heartbreaking you know what i mean but i think now with the the media and the internet and just the way the world is opening up i think that people are now open to trying new things 
and, and basketball is just one of those things that's not really in India. And so Crossover has kind of found that that niche, and it's an amazing organization, man. They have um, a vision for what that can look like as basketball gets globalized in India, and I think that's like that's something that we're not even thinking about right now. Right. It's like the NBA is playing their first game in Mumbai uh, this October. The NBA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we're you know involved in that, but as that happens, what happens to all the kids? You know, like in in a lot of parts in Asia, like the Philippines and China like basketball is like this huge cultural export right you know and it's bigger than just like a sport because a lot of basketball players I grew up on Allen Iverson you know like Paul Pierce like these guys like they broke down barriers in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. you know and and I remember specifically like I was the shortest kid on my ball team I was trying to be like AI that was my that was my (laughs) signpost my favorite player facts so like for a lot of these kids around the world you know, in Asia, you have Jeremy Lin, you have Yao Ming, you have right. certain players that you can signpost to. Again, in India, we're left out. Or just you got that one Asia. guy who played for the Kings that one time. Yeah, and and you know, shout out to him because he had. I'm yeah. sure he had to break down a bunch of barriers to get there. But um, how does you know how does basketball help again uplift like just mentally and help people kind of break out of what they believe is true? Right. You know, Yao Ming showed people like yo, Asian people can ball. Jeremy Lin, you know, obviously same thing. Like I remember being in New York at that time, and I got Insane. a you know, bro, like I got a bunch of Asian homies like from <laughs> around the around uh, Asia, and everyone's just like, yo, they still talking about them, bro. Like my best my best friends are Taiwanese, and like it, you know, they were just like, yo, we just can't get enough. Like this is big, and I and I felt it, you know. So I think that South Asia can have that moment. Um, but yeah, I'm involved with Crossover kind of in a similar capacity to how I am with a lot of the other things I do, which is how do we storytell, you know, on digital and how do we talk about the values in an authentic way of an organization to get people excited to, to act. Right. So what's the end goal typically or what's what, at what point do you know like this we're doing we're doing this the right way? Yeah. I, understand, I understand there's a WNBA player involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name's getting out a little bit more. So mm-hmm. what are you hoping to really do at least let's say for for this year for 2019 till till 2020 for crossover in India? Yeah, I think for us again it's like it's just focused on the kids. You know, yeah. I think that if we can expand the program in India to have more sites in more cities and and reach more people that's the ultimate goal you know I think for us the the idea of basketball is still something that's a little bit foreign you mm-hmm. know no pun intended and I think that the uh, the impact on these kids is so real yeah you know so I think just just purely getting getting the scale of the operation out there I think the NBA game in October you know is a huge deal um, I think finding a way to tell our story within the context of that news cycle is going to be really important um, and I think just continuing to impact. Right. Yeah. Um, so, at least at least for there, how often are you guys trying to build new schools right now at this point, or is it just mostly trying to build some courts or just it's, expand, expand? Yeah, it's yeah. not building schools, but we are in the process of redeveloping basketball courts. Right. And um, they have these, uh, they do them as like one-off programs, and we're working on having those be kind of more year-round programs. Yeah. So organizations like Teach for India, and a couple other people on the ground are really interested in kind of making that work. And so how do we bring basketball, instead of just a one-off thing where it happens like twice a year, how is that something that's more you know seasonal, 
and more regular in their in their curriculum. You think we're gonna have a South Asian baller in the next few years? I, if you I know, like a do. lot of a lot of South Asian guys are really into basketball, and yeah. there's a lot of them are nice. I play on the courts a few days, so I couldn't keep up. They're all yeah. all the kids are doing step backs and threes, and I I can't keep up. Nah, I think we definitely will, man. I think it's the same thing I think about when I think about music and when we're ready for the first South Asian artist to kind of break out. Right. And I mean, you know, like to stay, not just do a one-off like we've seen. Um, and I think music and basketball have always been kind of hand in hand, you know, definitely for my upbringing, they were huge, but I think that we will see one, man. I think our problem in India is we just too skinny, huh. you know what I mean? So we got to find someone who's, who's, who's bulky and who's ready to go. Tall. But yeah. There's, yeah. There's we got to hit Punjab. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a couple people cooking. Um, crossover is really good with like keeping tabs on all like the ball players in the high school and college system. So yeah. I'll get all these like scouting reports, and I'll be like, "Bro, I, I hope all of them." Make I I was watching the FIBA uh, World Championship. The Bangladesh was playing. India was playing. For real? They didn't do so that. good. <laughs> nah, I don't. Not yet. Not yet. We're not there yet. But it's like it's like Bangladesh and cricket. You know, yeah. Like, that team was very trash ten years ago, mm-hmm. and now they're like a notable competitor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that like I'm a big cricket fan. Been an Indian cricket fan since I was like eight years old. But I think that goes to show like if you fund sports and you're consistent with it like teams can grow get bigger and it's really like a, a source of pride for countries and people right so this this is something that's really close to home for you and heart for you absolutely, basketball man. absolutely yeah and India. Basketball. yeah growing up that was like that was, that was it rapping basketball yeah those are the things that I spent all my time with my parents like what are you doing so you know question um when it comes to something you know, something that's as important to you as basketball, especially in India mm-hmm. and low-income communities and helping those students. A lot of them, I think it's like 50% of students in India don't make it to secondary school. That's crazy. crazy. Um, and I just saw a stat that crossover is actually helping 85% of students mm-hmm. uh, re- really reach secondary school. So, yeah. um, you know, with that in mind, but also with your, with an investment mindset, how do you really try to, how, how do you try to balance like th- those motivations with the idea of profit? Which yeah. one? Which one do you try to? Because it's it's a very difficult balance to have, especially you know you work with your brother, and I'm sure things like that come up. Mm-hmm. How do you? How would you try to balance something like that? Something that you really love and really feel close to heart, but mm-hmm. also you got to make a few. You might want to make a few dollars. Yeah. As well. I know a lot of rich people who are miserable. You right. know what I mean? And I think that when I think about that as an option, that's never that never appeals to me. Okay. And so for me, I'm always about maximizing impact every day because I think that profit is something that that follows impact mm-hmm. and I think a lot of creators and, and innovators when you become too profit focused you get away from the core of like who you are and what you do and that leads to unhappiness right you know people always like to tell me like oh what, what do you do for leisure or, like what do you do for fun like every day is fun for me I wake up check out my properties perform with Anique somewhere do something here you know like I'm having fun all the time because these things are so core to who I am um, that I don't need to go like Go to Six Flags to have fun. Like I, I gotta, I gotta cross that question off. What do you do yeah, for fun? I literally, I literally have that written right here. I it mean, was coming up. <laughs> I do my things, but like more, you know, more importantly, like every day for me is fun yeah. because I'm living in something that I've built, you know, and and that to me is like there couldn't be anything more fun than that. But um, back to your original question about balancing kind of impact and, and profit, and, and I don't want, I don't want to sound privileged when I say this because, but I think that money is easy to make. And what I mean by that is, like, getting a 9-to-5 job is not that complicated for a lot of us. Yeah, certain certain populations have a much harder time with that, but, like, you can go find something that's going to pay you forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 a year, and chances are your life's not going to change that much. You might get an apartment, 
you might be able to you know eat at nicer restaurants but at your core if you're not satisfied and fulfilled with what you're doing you're going to end up you know feeling stuck and and that 70,000 will, will go up to 95,000 and nothing will change and i know people that you know like i i live in these spaces so for me like i'm i'm about building things that you can take with you you know what i mean that you can pass on that you can share with people and that means so much more to me right at the same time like i'm a capitalist and and mm-hmm. i got to be honest about that i tell everybody like i i believe in capitalism and capitalism has um, a lot of negative byproducts. You know, people get exploited in capitalism. It's just a fact. Right. And I acknowledge that, and and I try to you know be responsible about responsible about the things that I do. But I don't think there's any there's no worth in being like an activist and being proud about some shit if you're broke and you can't help your family right. or you can't help your friends. And so you got to find your balance but yeah man i think there's a i think there's a responsible form of capitalism out there mm-hmm. and i would i would like to be a part of that so start with what you love and then profit should come after if you really have that desire do and i don't say do what you love in like a in a in a fruit basket like soft type of way right. you know yeah. doing what you love if you love doing graffiti and you're just going to tag out places for the rest of your life like I don't know, I can't help you, you know what yeah. I mean? But like doing what you love and finding a way that you can translate that talent to help other people because there are other people who love the same thing. Right. It's like chai. Absolutely. Chai exists in New York City. Like that exists. You can get a cup of chai in New York City, but I think Kolka the Chai stands for way more than just a cup of tea, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's culturally much larger than that, you know? And so I think that when you build things with that intention, it leads to profit in the right way. Right. Now, I know you're, we're a little bit short on time. I don't want to take up too much of your time. So uh, I'd be remiss if we don't talk a little bit about the NBA. Cause, Let's do it. You know, we, you talk a lot about investment. We, we know about investments, and we know a little bit about your story. Yeah. So got to hear a little bit about the NBA, man. So what, what's your thoughts on the state of the Celtics? Yeah, we you are, start, you're, you're Boston we'll native. The Celtics, yeah, man. Uh, I remember having a black and white TV in our house. I think we had we must have had cable or had some and I would I would I don't watch TV I've never watched I don't even have a TV at my crib now mm-hmm. I would just watch the Celtics every night religiously from when I was at like in like fifth grade to this day like I've never missed a playoff game so we're talking about like the solo Paul Pierce days those well, we're those talk- weren't easy we're talking about the Kenny Anderson Tony Batie days like I don't even <laughs> know if people know where I'm coming from um so yeah I've been I've been a really big basketball fan you know my whole life yeah. um Allen Iverson um being like a, a a big like symbol for what I believed in, kind of going against the grain and doing things your way. Obviously, I think we just came off the craziest free agency that I've seen in a while. Um, gut thoughts. I mean, Kyrie definitely got me messed up. You know, I don't even know like what his deal was. This this playoffs was one of the most disappointing like Celtic runs I've ever seen. Like, I can imagine. It just didn't feel like the that we were in it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And our talent is so crazy. Like Tatum and, and the young kids are just, they're spazzing, but I feel like there's no leadership, you know? So like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, like I'm hoping that they continue to evolve. Um, and we lost Al Horford. So I'm curious, man. I'm a big Enos Kanter fan. I think, <laughs> I think more off I'm the sorry. court than I'm on sorry, the court. I'm sorry, I He's a, yo, he, he stands for something. You know, I know Nick's, I know Nick's fans have their beef with him. But he stands for something, so hopefully he can stand up and get some rebounds. That's uh, as 
as as a favor yeah. as as a Knicks fan, yeah. don't expect too much. Bro. He's gonna you're, you're gonna see you're gonna see 15 and 15, but then he's not gonna play any defense. He we had we had episodes where we ranted about him for 30 minutes straight. Yeah, yeah. He, Ennis Canner. He's I, a walk hard. No, no doubt about. It. I respect. I respect everything that he does outside of the court with right. with Turkey and all right. that, and lots of respect. He's a he. He's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. On the, the inside, in the core. On the court. On, I don't know about the court. He'll he'll get into LeBron's face, but look the other way. True. But that. when you replace Al Horford with, I, I'm sorry, I gotta mention when you when you no replace replacing. Al Horford with Ennis Kanter. That's not it. No, I'm not expecting that be to be a one to one. Um, you I guys think, got Kemba Walker though, which is nice. I'm excited about Kemba. I think he has always been like a, a player that needs the proper infrastructure to flourish and I think the Celtics are just known to yeah. do that with teams. Um I used to have net season tickets forever and I gave them up like a couple of years like a year ago. Yeah. And now I'm like, damn it, that could be kinda interesting now. But I don't got no time to to go to basketball games. Um I think the East is gonna be super competitive. I mean the Nets are gonna be fun to watch. Um You think they're gonna be that much better this season? No, but I think if Kyrie like Again, we don't know. If, I mean, we know Kyrie can take over. Right. I don't know if he can take over for, like, can he put a team on his back? We know he he, he didn't really do such a good job. He didn't do it in yeah. Boston, right? right? So if he if he decides to put the team on his back, like, I think they can. I think they can improve. Mm-hmm. Um, the West, man, I honestly am super conflicted. Who do you think is gonna come out? If you had to put your money, you had to put all those investments on it <laughs> today. Who would you who would you say is gonna make it to the NBA Finals, on from the West? I hate to say this, but I think the Lakers gonna make uh, it. I, gotta, I, I hate to say that. But I, also, I can't I can't deny it. How do you bet against LeBron? You can't. Uh, you know what I mean? And and this is coming from someone that's watched LeBron decimate his team throughout multiple seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, like I still have flashbacks of LeBron like jamming on the entire Celtics team. Yeah. And and what was it game? Four? Five or game six in Miami that year where he just took over. Yeah, I think we were up. We were up three, one or up three nothing or whatever it was. And that he was just, like the last I think big yeah, three. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Decimated us. He, he destroyed the team. I still I know exactly where I was. I remember all the tears coming down my face. I remember exactly who I was watching the game with, and I have like I can't get over that. Did you see that Jason Terry dunk live? Bro, come on. If if, if it happened <laughs> with the Celtics, I saw it. Um, so yeah, I, it's hard for me to bet against LeBron. Coming from someone that's watched him, you know, tear apart my team. Um, yeah. I think AD and LeBron, if they could click, I think that team is unstoppable. Obviously, um, what happened with Boogie is just terrible. Yeah. Um, who do you think is coming out? The Warriors? No, no. I mean, I I, I would want to see how Clay does when he comes back. Uh, you can't you can't gamble against them. They were a great squad. They still had Steve Kerr on their team. But honestly, if I had to bet on it today, I'd probably say the Clippers. Really? You got Kawhi Leonard and PG on the same team. You got, you see LeBron trying to make it down the court. He has to go through Pat Beverly. That's one. He got Kawhi Leonard on this side. He got PG on this side. Who's he? And you got, you know, Montrezl Harrell there. Like, it's, they got it's a, not easy. They got a lot of work to do as a team. Yeah. I don't know if that. They got Doc Rivers. They got Doc Rivers. You're, you're a I'm old favorite coach. I'm very ambivalent <laughs> about Doc Rivers. Let's just put it that way. Um, no, I think the Clips have a chance. I think the, um. Kawhi, man, Kawhi is just, he's an enigma to me. I yeah. can't, you know, my, my boys, we always argue over this, like, what is Kawhi doing? Mm-hmm. That type of thing. Like, I think he's a phenomenal ball player. I don't know how he's going to do in L.A. You know, I think, like, Toronto was a really great situation for him because Toronto itself, like, the ethos of that city mm-hmm. is one that I think matches Kawhi. 
You know what I mean? It's just a, it's just a like the people there are unassuming. They appreciate the good things. They work hard. They're solid. You know, LA is a crazy place. Like sure. Every time I go, to, uh, I spend a lot of time in LA. LA is just different. So I'll see how they click over there. Uh, Nickish podcast. What do you think about the Knicks? I'm gonna be nice to y'all. See, I'll get the eighth <laughs> seed in a in a freakish set of events. It, I look. I, I understand it. Like I'm. I'm obviously I'm gonna be optimistic about my team, but honestly, eighth seed isn't that like. It's not that far. It's off. not that far off from what they have. I mean, they got they signed all these players. They signed vets players. They've yeah. signed winners. Um, and they have a, a nice young core of you know Dennis Smith Jr. and Mitchell Robinson, uh, R.J. Barrett and Kevin Knox, and you can't yeah you know and Fizdale is a type of coach. It's gonna be a big test for him I was this just season. Gonna, I was it's gonna be a really big test for him this season. See if he can put it all together. But yeah. as far as development goes, he's he's as he's as good as it gets. So really. you betting on the eighth seed? I would on not bet on the eighth seed. No. Ah. <laughs> It'll, it's a it's a it's a nice like potential, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on it just yet. <laughs> what would you bet on as a Knicks fan? Probably ninth seed. Jeez. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Toronto's not going to be as good as they were last season. Just just no from chance. the loss of Ka- Kawhi Leonard. No Paso Siakam's going to be great. Kyle is going to be a year older. They, Marcus Gasol is going to be a year older. So yeah. uh, they're going to be out. Orlando, I feel like if they, if they take over any team's place mm-hmm. in the playoffs, it's mm-hmm. going to be Orlando's. Who do you think is, is coming out of the East? Uh, shouldn't be as hard of a question as it is, but... Nah, man, it's um, not... Like there's just so many player forty like forty percent of the players left. Uh, yeah, we had a we had a really interesting like <coughs> migration out of the East Eastern Conference. Maybe Philly. Wow. Maybe Philly. Interesting. Yeah, I'm such not. They were the they were the one team that was close enough to being the Raptors. They they lost from a one last second play mm-hmm. made in Game Seven. I like if, Philly as a city. I do not like Philly as a basketball team. No, no. AI. You'd... Well, I mean, that's a different <laughs> era. I feel like I feel like the new Celtics and the new look Phillies. They just have like they got beef. I like that. Sixers. Yeah. 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 They got they got some real beef. I don't know what uh, I don't know what the Wizards are gonna do this year. There's a lot of uh, uncertainty around that situation. I think they're the kind of the wild card to me. Really? For what? How how good can what's the upside on the, on the Wizards? John Wall's not gonna be playing. That's what I'm saying. That's so, it. So what? They're gonna be at the bottom. No you, got, you got them out of the. You I got them totally yeah. out of yeah. the whole thing. Absolutely. So maybe maybe, maybe second to worst team uh, outside of Charlotte. Uh, they got so Beal. I I have a strong feeling Beal's gonna be gone. Celtics, Celtics are coming out of the East. I'll, I'll put I'll put something on it. If they get rid of Manis Canner, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, he's gonna be your most frustrating player. I swear to God. I love this. I can't uh, wait. You I'm know gonna, how he, I'm gonna hit you like yo, he, you were right. He took a picture with Taco Fall. And he's like, "This is the future," and he's gonna give up minutes for. He didn't want to give up minutes for any of the Knicks guys. He resigned with the team and said, "I'm doing. I'm a team player." His his motto was, "You know, I'm a team player, but I want my minutes." So, how's that gonna work? Would you not do the same? He's thing? gonna piss you off. I swear. I can't wait. <laughs> I haven't had a Celtics player that pissed me off in a long time. I'm trying to think the last one. Kyrie. He did, but Kyrie was just. Yo, Kyrie's just a different. He's just a different piece. Yeah. Like he's so disconnected at times. I'm like, yo, this. I, I don't even know what to tell this guy. Yeah. yeah. It's gonna be a good season though. Absolutely. I think we got that part. So, uh, you know, last two question. You did say, you know, what do you do for fun? It's your everyday life. But out, outside of outside of investments, outside yeah. of hanging out with Anik Khan and um, out, you know, what what are some things that you really do? Maybe you know a few times a week that people don't really know about. Yeah, hanging out with Anik is not fun. By the way, I don't know who, who told you that. If Anik, you listening, you definitely not fun. You crazy as hell. Um, what do I do for fun? Good question. I, I really like. It's gonna sound corny, but to me, if I could spend time 
with myself learning new things that's one of my favorite things to do so yeah. like I have a very regimented routine on Sundays if I can I'll wake up I've got a couple books got a couple New Yorkers and I'll just take that time to recharge mm-hmm. um, and so I've always been like that library kid growing up like I just spend mad time in the library and I think that's like something I really enjoy um, I love to play ball um, I ain't if you want these buckets you let me know whenever <laughs> uh, I play golf which is funny as hell everyone always cracks on me for playing golf but when you reach your late 20s early 30s learning a new skill yeah. like physically that's like that you can't do mm-hmm. most frustrating thing ever so yeah. that's been fun me and my <laughs> boys will go play golf uh, around the world what else do I do man I, uh, I enjoy art a lot so Taking time to go to the museum, um, checking out galleries, supporting my friends and people who are in that world is, is a big piece of it. And until this year, uh, I was, I mean, we travel a lot. Um, this year has just been like bunkered down. So yeah. my travels have been pretty much all work related, but uh, food and culture to me is huge. So anytime I can get away from, from New York to get some of that, um, I'm into it. So. With all the stuff that, that's going on in your life, like on a daily basis, anything particular, maybe recently that you learned about? that just really kind of just shocked you or any yeah like that? I think that's a good question I think the number one thing that I've learned this year is that when it comes to business and this is so cliche but it's so true I have to repeat it when it comes to business your relationships are the most important thing yeah and I've always been like the I just like I don't even like people sometimes man I like to be on my own so I've always been the person that's like not going out of his way to connect with people but I learned this year that that's not a sustainable thing mm-hmm. so people and business go hand in hand and, and I'm learning the value of, of good relationships right and uh, if there's anything I tell young people it's like yo cultivate your relationships from early on keep in touch with people keep those things warm because you never know you know how things are going to go in five ten years right and a lot of like the people that you know you're coming up with like you guys are all going to be doing cool things in five ten years Mm -hmm. but it's going to be around across the board right you know like six years ago anik used to come out to bushwick and we used to just listen to music in my apartment i didn't have a job he didn't have a job we're trying to figure life out and he would just play music records i give him feedback i play him what i was doing and now we're touring the world and playing festivals and you know doing things and so you just never know where those relationships can take you that's awesome um and you know probably one of the final questions i have for you where do you see the direction of the nba going because right now it's become yeah. more of a global sport mm-hmm. obviously so um would you say it's america's sport yet or is that still football nah americans are too ignorant to accept basketball as their national you know as their sport like baseball and football i feel like are just more in tune with the american psyche yeah. Um, I think soccer is still probably the most global sport. Mm-hmm. I think basketball has a long way to go in that, but I think that they're doing things the right way. On a global scale or American scale? American scale. Okay. Globally, I think that's TBD, man. I think like Africa, India, China, these markets are so critical, you know, for basketball. But I think the thing I respect about the NBA is like that they're not rushing a lot of that. Like they're very... Uh, they're, I mean, they're going to India in 2019. I think that's right on time. You yep. know, I don't think they rushed that. So I can't, I can't really be mad at the NBA. Like, I don't watch football no more because I don't agree with anything the NFL does. And, and I've literally just stopped watching. Mm-hmm. As a Patriots fan, I don't, it doesn't need I know, but I don't even, you know, it don't <laughs> even matter. Uh, but I think the NBA is, is, is pretty responsible with how they approach things, and hopefully they keep that going. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're just going to close this out. So if listeners want to learn more about you, where should they where should they tune into? Uh, I'm at my office. No. Uh, <laughs> you can catch me at Ani Hustles on everything. That's A-N-I-H-U-S-T-L-E-S. 
uh, shoot me a DM. I try to respond to everything. Yeah, for the in due time. For the listeners, uh, definitely follow Ani. Uh, Kolkata Chai is gonna open up soon. The address will be there. Yeah, first week of September, uh, we are opening. If you uh, are following the Instagram, just shoot us a DM. We'll send you the details for opening night. But we're doing it in a in a kind of like a under the cover way, just to build up, you know, a lot of a lot of the welfare that we have. Yeah. I'm really excited for everything that you're doing, uh, especially you. for the South Asian community and Thank just you. communities in general. Like you're really, as as hard as you're working, and it's just it's really truly an inspiration to, to everybody. It. So a lot, I know a lot of listeners are fans of yours, um, and you know they're gonna have a great time listening to this episode. So thank you for this. Thank you for making this the first podcast. Shout out to the whole team. I see y'all. Y'all work super hard to set this up. Um, I'm excited, man. I can't wait. Appreciate it. So until next time, thank you for coming on to the show, man. Please. Please, please, y'all. <laughs>